Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome. Welcome to the Haunted Estate. Hello, and welcome back to the Haunted Estate, and this might sound a little different and look a little different and that's because you listener my friend are sitting with me in my bedroom in my bed in my house completely alone in my room that is far too messy with a heater plugged in over in the corner with a nice ember glow um it looks like a little fireplace but yes it is just me here with you guys and it's it's been a long time since it's just kind of been you and I and that feels weird but it also feels nice because I feel like sometimes it's time to check in and reevaluate and when I'm doing things like this sitting alone in this quiet room I feel like a little more actually connected to you guys I love having guests on I absolutely love it it's my favorite and I love having Adam on But if you guys know, as we've talked about, he went away for his brain treatment at Cognitive FX in Utah. They are amazing and they've really helped us learn so much about Adam and learn so much about his condition and and kind of what things will be like going forward. And this time we definitely got some answers to questions that we've had all along Um, and that feels good. With that being said, traveling back home was very hard on Adam, and he is finally doing a bit better, but he needs to heal. And I know it's been a long journey, thinking back to when he first had his injury, and we've we've had a hard time, it's been so long, it's either 2017 or 18. And honestly, it feels like, it feels like a whole lifetime ago. Who we are as people has changed so much since then. And I like to remember back to those days. And I know people are kind of interested about his head injury and how it happened. And we do plan on having a big episode about it. But I'll give you kind of the uh, the cheat notes. Adam was working in the backyard. And he had this um, pole stuck in the ground. It was a two-by-two, a wooden two-by-two. And he was pulling on it, trying really hard to get it out. And it snapped back. And it popped him right in the forehead, right in the middle of the forehead. And it was such a weird series of circumstances because Adam never not wears a hat. And this day, he wasn't wearing one and he always had one on. And he didn't think too much of it. 
and it was um it was june and it was hot it was one of those like insanely hot days that really didn't make sense for the season so he kept working that sunday you know he chilled and then on monday he wasn't feeling well at work and he came home and the second i saw his face i knew something was terrifically wrong he had these big blue pools under his eyes and he was white as paper like he looked like you know like an actual like ghost like 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 a drawn cartoon ghost like he didn't look good and we went to the hospital and they said you know this is a concussion you know rest but you're gonna be better in like a couple weeks or a couple days and that was when the year of silence began we spent an entire year with no lights, no music, no TV, and my husband sat in this chair and couldn't look at his phone or anything for almost an entire year. And we learned a lot about ourselves. And, you know, we had gotten in debt to the point that we had, um, we sold one of our rental properties just to try and get out of the hole we were in. And we had accumulated so much like, I want to say debt, but sadness is such a huge part of that. <sighs> and then I'll never forget, it was it was the very, very end of 2019, like November, December, when I discovered TikTok, and we never could have expected this to happen. If you're a longtime listener, the podcast did start in 2017. No, 2014, sorry, 2014, which blows my mind. So you guys have always kind of carried me through all of this, but I had never really been on social media and TikTok absolutely changed our lives. Um, I, I never would have thought that we'd be where we are. So you listening to this, I just want to say thank you because every download that you hit means something. Every YouTube video you watch means something. Um, other, you know, a lot of people think I get paid by TikTok. I'm Canadian, so I don't. So every YouTube video you watch means a lot. Every makeup palette you buy means a lot. And yes, if you guys know, You're the Shit has been out. I'm so excited. It's You're the Shit Deuce. It's bigger, better, and shittier than ever. And, um, every book of mine. At the end of the day, the number one thing that I'm most proud of in my life is my writing. I love to write. I really do. And I thought tonight I'm going to just give you guys a little update on what's going on. And then I would like to hear some of your ghost stories. So I'm going to be reading some of those to you. But as poor me, <laughs> I haven't been feeling quite myself. Creatively, I haven't really been doing what I want. And I, I can put that up to the fact that we're in winter here and doing renos at the same time so I haven't really been able to work during the day because we have a lot of different kinds of contractors and things going on around here um, but Adam being gone for two weeks kind of you know put things in perspective and and it threw me a little bit to be honest and I've been having I've been having a hard time and I don't know if it's cabin fever or the fact that you know this February March time is it seems like it's a really hard time of the year for everybody, but I've just found myself awake very late, thinking about the things that I really shouldn't be thinking about, 
And I've gone back to really comparing my life to other people where like I have a great life and it's wonderful, but I'm seeing people going on these amazing trips and collaborating with each other and having these crazy experiences. And I just feel like everyone around me is doing these these awesome things. And Adam's trip, like I'm not trying to sound selfish. I know it was for health and stuff. But, like, I was, you know, a little jealous that he got to see a bit of the world. I just, a lot of people asked why I didn't go with him. And a lot had to be done here. And a lot of renos were going on. And, and someone had to be home. And I just feel like for these past couple of months, I've been upside down, nonstop working, trying to hold everyone's pieces together. And I haven't really had a moment for myself. But I'm also the kind of person where I say that and then I feel so guilty for saying that and I feel so bad for saying that. So what I'm about to tell you is going gonna, is gonna to sound fucking weird and I even feel silly saying it. But tomorrow I have decided that tonight I'm going to stay up super late and get this house in tip-top shape and do laundry and do all the things and then I am going to leave for a little. I'm not going to fly anywhere, but I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to drive. And I kind of have always wanted to go back to Williamsburg, Virginia. And I think I just need to get away from the snow and the cold. And I think that I'm, I'm going to listen to some good books and I'm going to drive for 10 hours and I'm going to go to Colonial Williamsburg because pioneer villages are my favorite thing and I'm gonna go do that (laughs) and it sounds so dumb to say out loud but I think I just need to go soul search because like I'm happy with my life but I'm just not happy with myself right now and I'm not happy with the way I'm thinking about things and the way I'm thinking about myself And I think that maybe I just need to be alone, but, and I already know that as soon as I leave, I'm going to be sad I left and I'm going to miss Adam and I'm going to miss the dogs. But I said to Adam, I think this feels dumb. And he's like, no, like you have to go because if you don't go, then you're just going to be like, I'm so mad I didn't go. And you're always going to wonder how it went. So I just kind of feel like I'm between a rock and a hard place. And I do have fun things coming up. My best friend in the whole entire world, Chris, is coming back in March. And then I have to fly out to LA. But I just feel like I need to really fucking center myself. And I think I just need to be with myself. Because I'm always with somebody or something or taking care of someone or something. And I just, um, I went to my parents the other day. And there's other things going on, stuff stuff I haven't really put on social media and they just said like you're you're caring a lot and you're dealing you're dealing with a lot right now. And it just felt really nice to be validated by them. Cuz there's a weird thing about getting older. It it feels weird. But you start seeing things in a different way. And a couple of days ago I had something that that really shook me. I ran into a high school friend at Walmart and 
her daughter was a fan and it meant so much to me to meet her and she spoke of one of her friends A couple days later, I got a message from the friend from high school asking me to come to a funeral. And her daughter, the friend that they had spoke of, uh, decided to take their life. And I have such a broken heart. I know I've spoken about it before, but when I was 14 years old, I had kind of made the same kind of decision and I ended up in the hospital and I just wish that somehow I could have told this person how different things get and how differently you feel once once your brain changes. Like if you're young and you're listening to this and you're feeling that way, I, I promise you There are ups and there are downs, but the way that you deal with them evolves as you evolve and get older. I just really love you guys. Like, I genuinely love every single one of you because I wouldn't be sitting in this house and have, you know, the things that I have and the support that I have without you guys. And that's the most beautiful thing that has ever been. Anyways, I just want to say rest in peace to this wonderful young person and how I wish I could have met you because what I've heard from the people that loved you is that you were amazing and I'm really honored that you were a fan of mine because I know I would have been a fan of yours. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. It's time to turn off the lights and turn on the dark. (laughs) This is Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Good evening, listener. I'm Steve Taylor, your host to a horror anthology podcast where we ask you to depart from your safe perception of reality to descend with us into the frightening depths and dark corners of twisted imaginations. 
with carefully curated original tales of terror each week. Our deepest rooted fears are brought to the forefront by a diverse cast of voice talent and masterfully eerie sound design that bring these stories to life. We'll give you tales of unnerving encounters with the occult, harrowing hauntings, and sinister seances that show just how darkness knows no bounds. If you're like us here at Chilling Tales and enjoy feeling your stomach filling with dread as dastardly demons dance in your head, make sure to check out Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe now to always be the first to enjoy the horror show. Now, I went through my emails and I printed off a bunch of stories. And I just think that tonight I need to get a little bit lost in you guys. So this message comes from Paige Roberts. My whole life, I've experienced weird paranormal accounts. Since about the time COVID started, I've been working better on communicating with the other side. The last year or so, I've been visiting a local cemetery that's almost been forgotten. A lot of the graves are from the 1800s and the 1900s. And also, a lot of them are young children or babies. In early February, I went back to the cemetery for the first time in months due to the bitter cold winter we'd had. Every time I go there, I open an app called Ghost Tube. It helps me piece together and make sense of what I'm seeing and hearing. I keep getting the feeling that a young child was around and that she was lost and scared. She couldn't find her way home. The app said, Father, dress, stabbed. I ended up going home, and after that, I couldn't get the thought of the young child out of my mind, so I did some digging. In August 1985, a 12-year-old girl in my hometown had gone missing. The next morning, they did find her dead. She had been stabbed and other horrible things. This was a cold case for about 30 years. I found some more news articles about how she'd gone missing, and that there's and then this is where the story gets insane. Apparently, this 12-year-old girl had saved up enough money from babysitting that she bought a dress that she had been wanting. I believe that they said it was a lilac dress. Anyways, she got home and her father had made a mean or rude comment about the dress. She got upset because she loved it. She'd worked hard to get it. So she ended up running away that evening. She met up with a friend at the nearby park where two men, around the age 20 from what I found, had walked up asking the girls if they'd like to go to a party. They went home with these strangers. At the end of the night, the girl decided that she wanted to walk home. Her friend offered to walk with her, but she said that she was fine. That this was the last time that anybody had seen her until they found her body in 2020. They had found a DNA match for the person who had killed her, except he had died in an accident in 1989. 
He did have a young daughter, so they used her DNA to prove that he was the suspect and then ended up unburying his casket to confirm it. My theory is that this monster saw her walking home alone and offered her a ride. He took her to his house and ended her life. The girl and I have had some similarities as we went to the same elementary school. She passed before I was born. And she was killed on my birthday, August 4th. I also see some similarities in how we looked at the same age. I believe she's been communicating with me for a while. And that this is one of the first times where I was like, huh, maybe I really can talk to the dead. Because my whole life, I just thought I was crazy. This happened in Spokane, Washington, 1985, and her name was Marcy Leah Belquez. She went to Grant Elementary School. Thank you so much for that story, Paige. That was really well written. And I'm going to be honest, when it comes to ghost hunting and having psychic abilities, you do feel kind of weird. Because for me, I get like little clips of memories in my head that aren't mine. Or thoughts that I know I didn't really conjure up. Or I hear someone else's voice, or it's like a radio show. And it's sometimes it's just all these things that don't make sense. And you're wondering, like, where are these coming from? And what is going on? And it's very strange. But trusting in on those is hard. I used to get these panic attack feelings. And I thought that's what I thought it was until I realized that in those moments, that's when spirit was, like, really strong and trying to communicate with me. Next up, we have a story from Chloe Flores, or Chloe Flores. Flores? Let's say Flores. Hi, Selena. This story is about the longest spiritual encounter I've ever experienced. For a little backstory, I was raised in a family with some very bad people. My mother used to disappear or leave me alone somewhere for hours, but I never felt alone. I felt like there was always somebody with me. And as I grew up, I had this name in my head always, Dante. When I was about 15 or 16, my mother started renting a house. Around this time, I started feeling like Dante wasn't around me, like he used to be. When I would walk into the house, I would get this heavy feeling of dread. And once I stepped into the doorway, it got worse. The first year living there, I would wake up with bruises, cuts and scrapes all over my body. At night, when my mother and her husband were up all the time fighting, I would lie awake staring at the entrance of the attic that was at the top of my closet. I couldn't move, but I would always feel like it looked like something would open or come after me. My sister and I shared a room, and she would always tell me that it creeped her out, but she didn't have any problems sleeping, like I did. In the daytime, the only thing that would happen is picture frames flying across the room and off the walls. In the evening, the dishwasher would slam and break its hinges and doors until it wouldn't even open and close. On the night of my 16th birthday, I'd finished watching the old Batman movie and eating cake when the front door opened slowly. The glass outside door was fogged up and there was a small handprint in the center of the door. As I learned from previous encounters, it wasn't the evil that I could feel, so I said hello. The door closed and it would be calm for a few days. After a year of this happening, I decided to place salt all around the windows and entrances of my room. 
but for my sister's older brother took it from me and threw it at me. I didn't think anything of it at first, but my skin started to feel warm where it hit me. His eyes got wide, so I ran to a mirror. There was a bright red rash on my skin. That night, I was looking at the entrance to the attic again when I felt something touch my leg and a deep male voice say, stop. I didn't know what it meant to stop looking at the entrance or for my mother to stop yelling, but it gave me a deep chill down my spine. These things would happen again, but I'd only hear the voice once more on the way home from a robotics competition. I was seconds away from being asleep when I heard no, as if somebody had whispered it into my ear. My mother had gotten divorced and was dating a new man with two kids. His two daughters were there with us always, as they moved after a month of them dating. The youngest would be playing and talking, just like any child, and I asked her one day who she was talking to. She looked at me straight in the eyes and said, I'm talking to Tia. I had a cousin named Tia, but she wasn't there that day, so I asked her again. She said, You know, Tia, the girl who lives here with us. Her little brother, and I think her grandpa, live here too. But I don't know their names. She says her brother is scared to talk to anyone, and that her grandpa is a bad man. She kept playing, and I just stood there frozen. I had an image pop into my head of a random concrete slab in the backyard. I couldn't only think about the possibility that the kids were under there. I can't remember how long after that, but I was in my mom's room, getting her a shirt, and I heard someone walk into the room. I thought it was my mom, so I started to ask her a question, but when I looked up, she wasn't there. But there was someone, a tall dark shadow, in the mirror until seconds later, it disappeared. I would see it again, but I would feel that same presence many, many times. After I turned 17 and I finally realized that all of this was out of my control, anytime I was home, I would think about it, speak about it, or give it attention, unless we were miles away. Oh, I wouldn't think about it, speak about it, or give it any attention, unless we were miles away. I wouldn't say a word to my sisters about any of this, Months before I moved out for college, my sister got a Ouija board for Halloween. They would use it and beg me to do it with them because it was real and it's a, because, oh my gosh, they would use it and beg me to do it with them because I'd not real, it was a joke because it was not real and a joke. Many times I told them to stay away from Ouija boards and to never open themselves to an entity in the house but they would tell me all these things they wanted to try. They wanted to try things like the Midnight Man or use candles to try speaking to spirits. They never listened to me and the activity started up again in the house. Things like falling off counters, picture frames falling, the dishwasher, etc. I never realized until after I moved, but I think that the dark entity could feel like it wanted to take me. Even after watching many horror movie series growing up, it never clicked. But I think I got to the second stage of possession before I could get it to leave me alone. The lady time I stepped into that house that was visiting from college and left, everyone was gone in a rush because I could feel that entity trying to get into me again. I had noticed it feeding from my mother and her partner as the time during that visit was just them. 
My sisters were with their parents that weekend. This man's a raging alcoholic, and she's a bipolar narcissist. If you want more details, you can call me. See, that's a really interesting thing, as mental illness, and it falls so quickly into these things like demonic things and, and, and evil things, and we tend to just brush it past as mental illness, but sometimes, like, you really wonder if there's more to the story. Our next story comes from Josh. Hi, Selena and Adam. I love all the spooky content you've been making lately, especially the ghost hunting collabs with Sam and Colby. I've been into the world of paranormal for a large part of my life, and I love that I found people online that share a passion for the paranormal as openly as I do. I've recently fallen down the rabbit hole of your podcast, and after you guys started sharing listener ghost stories, I knew I had to share mine. Well, thank you, Josh, and welcome. My parents got married in the late 80s and in 1990, bought a house to start a family. We have photos of my mom pregnant and renovating the house before I arrived. The house was built in the 1930s. Two bedrooms, a big lounge room, and a large garden. It was built on old apple orchards near the edge of town. I was born in October of 1990, and my brother in December of 1991. Ooh, your parents got busy quick. <laughs> After the renovations were completed, my parents noticed weird things happening around the house. Nothing big or crazy, just small things. The kitchen door was always left open against the wall, but there was always a small pile of dry glass, grass, leaves, or twigs behind it. It would get cleaned up, and then it would return the next day. They often heard footsteps upstairs. Something that always happened, and I remember it happening, even though everyone was just downstairs. When my brother was young, he often spoke about a man he kept seeing around the house as his invisible friend, Stephen. Nobody else could see Stephen, only my brother. Is it Stefan? I'll say Stefan. When I was around seven years old, I had my first really scary paranormal experience in this house. My brother and I shared a bedroom. As kids, we had a bunk bed. One night, I was sleeping on the top bunk, and I woke up and sat up in bed. As I looked across the room, I could see a small shadow figure on the other side of the room. Our bedroom was at the back of the house, so there was no light from the streetlights at all, and the room was very dark at night. This shadow was darker than almost complete darkness. The shadow was short, about a child's height, and it didn't look like a child or truly even human. Its head was weirdly shaped, a bit too wide, and out of proportion for the body. As I looked at it, it moved, quickly, silently, towards the edge of the bed. Then it stopped. Then it stretched itself upwards. The body and the neck stretched until the head was level with the face in the bunk. Woo! Being seven years old, I screamed, and I dove under my duvet, crying hysterically. My mom heard me and came to comfort me, trying to tell me that it was just a bad dream. I know that I was awake, and that this was my first account encounter with the shadow figure. My second encounter with the shadow figure was less terrifying, but still incredibly creepy. Similar to the first time, I woke up in the middle of the night, but this time I was sleeping on the bottom bunk. In the darkness, I could see the shadow figure. It looked exactly the same as the first time, 
standing motionless in the dark. It was in a different place this time, in front of the wardrobe, that sat on the wall to the left of the bed. Next, and I have no idea why, I got out of bed and I walked to the shadow. Slowly, I walked to it, until I was standing inches from it. I have no idea how long I had stood there. It could have been minutes, it could have been hours. The entire time, I'm thinking, do I hit it? Do I run? I ran. I ran back to the bed as fast as I could, and I dove under the duvet, hyperventilating with fear. For years afterwards, I would have recurring dreams about this shadow figure. One where it was hiding in a bush and I'm trying to scare it off. One where I'm crying, chasing it through the forest and it passes straight through the gate and I can't follow it anymore. I mentioned earlier that my brother had an invisible friend that nobody else could see. I think I saw him once. I had turned over in my bed and I saw a man's face floating in the middle of the room. It disappeared as soon as I looked at it. One of my baby teeth had fallen out that day, and it was under my pillow, so I thought it was the Tooth Fairy. We moved out of that house in 2000, and I've had random paranormal experiences throughout my life, but none have been as terrifying as the two encounters I had with that shadow figure. Thank you for sharing your story, Josh. That was delightful and terrifying, but you know, kind of cool. Our next story comes from Brooklyn and it's titled My Sighting. So I have depression and really bad anger issues, and that doesn't help with a 12-year-old girl who's going through puberty. So I know that almost nobody in my school really wanted to be friends with me other than these three girls. I won't list my friends' names just because of respect, of course. I was on my way home on my bus, and we were pulling into my neighborhood when I saw a dark figure on my front lawn. My friend was sitting next to me, yet she never saw the figure. It continued daily, and I couldn't stop thinking about what I had seen. During the week, I kept seeing this disfigured black figure, with a haunting black smile and a morbid face being honestly terrifying. I describe this creature as creepier. It reminds me of some of the characteristics of the creeper from Minecraft. So that's where I get the name from. It has long, giant legs, and its neck is tilted to the side, smiling demonically. It also has giant goat horns that make me think of previous videos I've seen, such as the hauntings of the Washoe Club and Demonic Goatman's Bridge via Sam and Colby. I've described to draw this, and I want you to feature it on your podcast or YouTube or TikTok. That is very scary, Brooklyn. I remember when I was a kid, every once in a while I'd see something out the side of my eye and I was like, is this a thing? Because I'm terrified. Our next story is from Elena. Hello, Selena. Huge fan of you and your lovely family. I wanted to share three stories of mine, more on the spooky side, but not so all sinister. I hope you enjoy. I will. I've always had a baseline belief that there were spirits around us. I think it stemmed from the first time I saw a girl older than myself lingering in the halls of my home as a child. I knew that she wasn't from my imagination and without a doubt was real in a way that I could not comprehend. I feared that the hallway in my childhood running through the dark for what felt like eternity though. It was not because of her. I caught glimpses of her there in our yard, 
of a girl. She was about twelve, blonde-haired and thin, wearing a pink color that was a bit too bright. I knew her name was Jessie, but not much else. I always wondered what happened, but eventually I stopped seeing her as often. Moving out of my childhood home, my family went from place to place, encountering little until an apartment during high school. This apartment was suffocating. Immediately when you walked in, even now I get a chill down my spine when thinking about it. It was just oppressive being there, and it brought the worst out in my family. Constant illnesses, and it seemed like things had only gotten more difficult. It was only a week into living there when I began having reoccurring nightmares. These nightmares to date are the most vivid and frightening I've ever experienced. I thought at first that I had been woken up by a strange noise. The sound of a closet pulling open. Not a creak, but maybe a hesitant metallic ping. Open doors had always scared me, so I glanced out of my peripheral to see them open. I froze with a sinking feeling. I tried to glance through the window in front of me to see anything in the darkness, but all I could see was the moon. Then I heard a sliding of what sounded like fabric and a whisper of my name. I stopped moving as I felt something in the room with me for the first time. The presence was tangible as I felt her near me. I glanced out of the corner of my eye once more, catching a slight of a woman, a slight of sight of her, a woman far too tall, dropping down from my open closet. Ooh. Ooh. And all, but guided closer to me, as I drew near, I could not see her face, but only the long, dark tendrils of her hair as she tilted her neck. The words came out raspy and broken as she spoke my name. Elena, Elena. I dared not to look at her as she was in the corner of my belt night bed and I felt a weight like she had placed her hands there as she leaned over. Help me. I had never felt fear as like that as I began to look at her face. I could feel her breathing, her hair over me. Just as I was about to see her face, I woke up. I was gasping for air, crying. I had that dream and same unsettled feeling several times. She never stopped saying my name and never did I see her face. My friend also hated that the apartment my friend also hated that apartment. A book fell on her first day that we moved in, and she said that there was no way that that could have happened naturally. The door swung shut so forcefully for no reason, and cabinets opened. My mom said she saw a figure in the living room of a man. The last story is about my grandmother, who passed a few years back. We had found out that she had terminal illness, and by the time we found out, she had six months a measly amount of time for us to give her all that we could. I had a hard time letting go, an even harder time after things began to accumulate. Life-ending thoughts and letters, so many letters I wrote, but I would cry over and over again because I know it isn't really what I wanted. It was just in pain. I was just in pain. So I sat on my porch one afternoon, and I had never missed her more, and I had been asking for her previous night advice, complaining, writing to her like an old pen pal. The breeze came, and so did a calm. I could smell suddenly the scent that she used to wear, a mix of lilac, home, and the Chanel perfume that my uncle bought her. I had been crying well into sitting there when the scent came. I felt a hand on mine. 
like someone else's though, but it was real and I swear I heard that I would be okay. I knew it was her. I always used to hold her hands because they were cold. Those are all the stories I can think of, but I wanted to thank you so much. That is so beautiful. Well, not the first part. <laughs> the the ending there. Sad, but, you know, hauntingly beautiful. I want to thank you guys so much for sending in your stories. You can always submit them by going to thehauntedestate.com. Thanks for sitting with me tonight in my room by myself. <laughs> I am going to go clean up my house. It's almost 9 p.m., but I have a lot of packing to do. And I'm going to be thinking about you guys. So don't forget, life is hard and life is weird. But I promise, things get better. You just have to be around to experience them. Don't forget to check out my pal hit and my book. And hopefully you'll follow me along on TikTok as I go on my journey. I might even be back by the time you hear this. But I love you. And I mean that. Until next time, stay spooky. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.